0: Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your dynasty league. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I am welcomed in, as always, by Stephen Debo Deaton. How are you, Stephen? What's going on? How are you? Doing good, man. Hey, listen, listen. I'm just going to start off by saying this. It is finally fantasy playoffs
1: here we are this is what we work for steven this is what we work for man this is this is what we're here for i mean we've had this pod we've been trying to get everybody in the playoffs all year long and we hope you've made it in and we're finally here
0: this is it man and so uh i will say this man shout out to the one guy that reached out to us on twitter and Mm -hmm. asked us for start sit advice last week because i told you to start jerry judy over adam thielen Mm -hmm, And Jerry Judy was the wide receiver two overall in the week. Yeah. So just heads up, Cassidy. And he was, uh,
1: (laughs) yeah, he, and he was actually my sneaky flex play. We're not going to go over that later, but that was my sneaky flex play last week. Um, so that was, man, that was, that was a good call BJ there on that guy
0: man it's nuts dude (laughs) so uh with that being said steven since we are in fancy playoffs this is what i want to do we always hold each other accountable i have seen people tweeting all the time you know i'm in playoffs in this many leagues out of this all that kind of stuff whatever i want to know how did your week go last week and how many current positions are you in in playoffs with bye weeks or you've missed playoffs or whatever let's just give a rundown real quick
1: all right let's do it um so this past week in my redraft leagues i went three and one on the week um, that puts me at 36 and 21 on the year for a redraft. Um, dynasty this past week, seven and four, one of those being a complete rebuild. We talked about it all year, one and 13 in that league. My final regular season dynasty record on the year was 120 and 70. Um, and then my total record between both, uh, was 155 and 90 on the season. Um, I'm in the playoffs out of, um, 15 leagues i'm in the playoffs in 11 four redrafts and seven dynasties um i got a bye week in the playoffs in one of the redrafts and four of the dynasties and i've got um missed playoffs and no redrafts and four dynasties
0: nice man it's not bad average at all steven and uh, so, looking at my leagues, I am in ten leagues, two redraft, eight dynasty. Uh, last week in redraft, I went two and zero to finish out my regular season record of twenty one and seven, which I am perfectly fine with. Uh, in dynasty, though, last week I went three and five, with three of those leagues being a rebuild and one of the teams being a one year reload. I finished out the regular season in dynasty with those three rebuilds and the one year reload at fifty seven and fifty six. And so I actually crossed that 500 threshold and barely hung it it, uh, or snuck it out there. Um, I'm actually in playoffs in two redrafts and six dynasties. And so I'm in playoffs of eight teams out of 10. Uh, By weeks, I have a by week in one redraft and two dynasties. And I miss playoff in two dynasties, which both of those are rebuilds and so uh with it man i think uh overall it's been a fun regular season um some of the leagues like i know my one I got one redraft league where it's the powerhouse right now and i got another one where it looks like my whole team is falling apart and injuries are kicking my tail mm-hmm. uh but man overall it's been a fun fun time doing this podcast a fun time setting my lineups and making some trades and stuff so it's been it's been awesome yeah i'm um,
1: actually um actually i'm in five dynasty buys and one redraft buy. it was a, a total of six buys um, nice, so, man. um but yeah i mean it, it has been and and this is you know i'm completely happy with my year this year so far in the regular season uh, i thought when the year started i looking at my my lineups i thought i was in contention for playoffs and out of my uh 11 dynasty leagues i thought i thought realistically nine to ten that i could make the yeah. playoffs and kind of, of course things happen throughout the year and uh i i do think i got two team two i still have two dynasty teams where i feel like if if we started over today i would make the playoffs you know what i mean so sometimes it just doesn't go that way um but um i feel i still feel really good about my season i still feel really good about my even my teams that didn't make the playoffs i feel really good about um so yeah it's been it's been it's been fun
0: yeah absolutely did you get a bye week in yellowstone still
1: I did not. It's only top two. Oh, man. Only
0: top two. Yeah, that's right. top two. Yeah. 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 So shout out Kelby. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah. Oh, man.
1: Kelby and me, man. And you. So, yeah. Yep. So, Which, hey, you know, all, I was, all, close, I was all, hey, <laughs> I was close to that sixth buy in my dynasty league there. So you was, man, you got. Close I think you're third, you're third buy.
0: in standings right now, and yeah, uh, third, third. You know, I, I only had to sell two years worth of picks to get there, Stephen. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> hey,
1: look, the cream. Of the, look, I mean, this it's kind of even, right? I mean, uh, you it's know, a, top, a good four, top, top four is ten and four. You know, I mean, yep. we're all or, or, or except Kelby. I mean, but he don't count. You um, got lucky. But, you know, two, three, and four are ten and four. So. I mean, we, you know, they're, they're, we're, we're kind of close there. I, I really think anybody, I think anybody can walk away with that league. I really do. I do too. Who was the champ last year? I can't remember.
0: Uh, you know, yeah. That's uh, What'd you say? <laughs> I can't hear what you say. Hey, say so <laughs> we said a while ago, Stephen, <laughs> uh, about how injuries can kill a dynasty league. So let's, let's do this tough transition here and talk about some injuries and stuff with this news yeah. and notes segment.
1: Yeah. Let's go on with that. Um I'm sure most of us know by now. um that Kyler Murray looks like he tore his ACL. I think it was actually confirmed yesterday um, from yeah. a non non-contact injury on the third play of the game Monday night. Uh, we also we, we want to wish him a quick recovery. We hate we hate to see injuries any sport any type of injury like that. Um, however, this is a fantasy football podcast, and we talk about the ins and outs of dynasty leagues as we say, and and then the fantasy repercussions, the dynasty fantasy repercussions of an injury like this. Uh, we want to talk about that um, for a win now team. Uh, that might be going into the playoffs, what do you do if you had Kyler Murray?
0: I think we put a waiver claim in for Colt McCoy, man. Uh, <laughs> I think it's about your,
1: I think that's about your only option, dude.
0: Uh I know time like to drop, you,
1: time to drop all that FAAB if you got any left.
0: Yeah man, you know, me and you talked about like trade deadlines and stuff. And you know, I'm yep. a yep. I'm a firm believer that if there's a trade like there should be a trade deadline right before playoffs, just personally. Yep. Yep. Uh, if not, there should be a rule to where your playoff teams shouldn't be able to trade And just leave it open for your losers, right? Right. Uh, But with that being said, man, uh, you hate to see it, but I mean, it's it's one of those things to where, if if you got Kyler and you're going into a to a playoff matchup, man, you're trying to string together a win. You're trying to scrape by. And, uh, you know, I've seen it done before, Stephen, you know, uh, man, yep. you look back a couple of years ago, Tim Hightower, the running back for the Saints is the one that made the difference in, uh, in games yep. and stuff because that Mark, uh, Mark Ingram injury. And so yep. same way here, man, if you got Colt McCoy and you're plugging in your super flex or even Tyler Huntley for Baltimore, yep. uh, I've got one dynasty league that I'm in right now. Uh, I'm the fifth seed. And yep. four, four weeks ago, my quarterbacks were Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. And so, with it, thankfully, I trade away Kyler. And so, with it, man, you're just trying to scrape by and just try to find a win somewhere.
1: Yeah. Um, Actually, speaking of uh, Yellowstone, you know, obviously, I had Kyler Murray there, and I'm the three seed. Um, uh, But luckily enough, I did already have Colt McCoy, and I also have Russell Wilson as my QB, I guess, two and three now. So, I've got options there. And here's my thing. Here's my thing, you know, you say trade deadlines, we both agree that there should be one, especially right before dynasty playoffs, but then you say but on the, on the, on the other hand, an injury like this at this time mm-hmm. really just hurts a team. Here's my here's my here's my thing. And I had that same argument when I when I first got into dynasty. I said, what if this happens, man? You know, you really need to just kind of let people trade. And, and and I had somebody tell me this. They're like, "This is dynasty, you know, and, and give you this perspective this is dynasty this is a dynasty league you should set your team up for things like that if they have oh, yeah it. so don't be caught with only two quarterbacks on your roster and then when one goes down you only have one and you're fussing about it that's your own fault for not looking ahead and getting the depth that you need for that dynasty playoff run absolutely and th- here's another reason that that i like uh trade deadlines like I just I do not I I do not want to see a team that has finally made it to the championship sell the farm and go all in and then leave the league when they don't make it I can't yeah. I can't like I'm not gonna and we're gonna talk a little bit about some more of that stuff later but I, I don't want to see that so I think it's just a good idea to set the trade deadline everybody knows it's coming you've got plenty of time to set your team up if you feel like you can go for a run If not, you stay pat and do what you need to do. But, you know, there's no, there should be no – you know, it it just is what it is. If you believe in a trade deadline you have a trade deadline, that's what it is. You need to do your due diligence to get your team where it needs to be before that trade deadline hits. Agreed. Um, All right, so moving on. T. Higgins suffered a re-aggravation of his hamstring during warm-ups on Sunday. Uh, This actually led to him only playing one snap before sitting the rest of the game out. Do you trust Higgins going into the first week of the fantasy playoffs?
0: Uh, personally, I'm pivoting, and I know that's terrible. But man, hamstrings is one of those things where it can it can hurt a wide receiver terribly. Um, now I'll be honest with you, I've got Higgins in one of my dynasty leagues, and I have a matchup the very first week of fantasy playoffs. And as of right now, he's in my starting lineup. Um, I'm the reason being is that I'm just going to wait and see what the next little bit looks like. Uh, see how he's actually doing. Uh, before I try to find somebody to put him in over the flex. Uh, but, man, it's, it's it's tough to trust whenever there was no injury designation beforehand, just the fact that he was questionable going into the game. And then uh, I want to say that the, the head coach there, Zach Taylor, actually saw the the aggravation happen, noticed it, knew what was going on, and he, it was his decision to actually pull Higgins for the rest of the game just so that way it didn't get worse. And so, uh, man, it's, it's hard to trust whenever a, an injury like this lingers, you know.
1: Yeah, it is hard, and look, I, I'm not saying the Bengals are right or wrong or Zach Taylor was right or wrong, but, man, when when we're talking about uh, uh, fantasy sports in general, whether you're talking about FanDuel or DraftKings or, um, you know, any of these type of things like this where there's money involved and the NFL is partnering with these people, I think NFL teams have to do a better job of, of giving these injuries to people, right, because yeah. – you started if you were like me you started t higgins in most of your leagues this past week mm-hmm. you might have picked him up in a in a in a in a daily dynasty uh session um and if he you know if you did you just i mean you were done the minute he the minute he didn't play you were done and so i think that i think people have to do a better job of because you're right t higgins had no injury designation on sunday morning so you know the fact that it was questioned that he that, that, that this could have been a thing you know should have been noted um you know, good news on T is today, actually, he was able to get a limited session in um, along with Tyler Boyd, who was also out last week. Um, but they both, ha- saying that they both do have a chance to play this week. So definitely something you need to be monitoring if, uh, if he's one of your only options at receiver this week. Okay. Um, in a highly anticipated game this past week against the Chargers, Tua looked absolutely good. Terrible. Unfortunately, he put up a stat line of 10 completions for 145 yards and one touchdown. He was actually saved by a long touchdown to Tyreek Hill Hill, where the defender fell down. Um, Do you think this type of performance is something that we can expect from Tua? Um, You know, just every now and then? Or do you attribute this to the ankle injury that he suffered the week prior?
0: Uh, Man, personally, I think this is just one of those kind of comeback down to earth moments for Tua. Uh it seems like he has a couple of these every season. Uh but man, I'm I'm still hopeful for the guy. I know that I've I've said it here on this podcast before that I had lost faith in him and things like that. But when you surround your quarterback with weapons like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, which I know Waddle was even suffering from a, a little bit of an injury himself the past couple of weeks. Uh but with this, I I'm not gonna sit there and write him off as a bad quarterback and not not trust him during fancy playoffs when the system has worked all year long you know and so with Tua, like if i'm in a super flex league and i'm looking at him as qb2 or if like in one league i'm in a one quarterback and i've got lamar jackson out like i'm i'm still plugging Tua in uh i don't think that the the ankle injury really did much last year or not last year last week i just know that the chargers defense really ate Tua up pretty much the whole game and yeah. so uh with this I think he has a good bounce back candidate this week. Um I expect him to to go out there and produce the numbers he's been producing all year long.
1: Yeah, I still like to a lot and I don't know maybe this injury has been a little lingering that you know the Chargers aren't terrible. He had a tough game last week against the 49ers. Um you know, I mean I I definitely expect him to get back on the same page and even the even the even the great ones have bad weeks, you know. So you can't I mean, you can't just say, like, you know, oh, he had a bad week. He sucks again, you know, whatever. Um, but That's I think right. it was just a one-off probably. He's he's going to get back on the same page. Uh, I think he's got a coach that really believes in him. He's got like, excellent weapons there. Um, so, yeah, I just think, you know, he'll probably get back on the same page. All right. Um, all right, the Detroit Lions came out of nowhere this past week, man, and upset the 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings. But did they really come out of nowhere? I think – I mean, I, think, I know the Vegas Lions
0: were saying they were actually favored.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think as we watch Detroit this year, just in general, if you look at them as a as a, as a a whole, they have been impressive, you know, for uh, the Detroit Lions. I mean, uh, Jared Goff has been really good this year. Um, he had 330 passing yards and three touchdowns this past week. Is he the QB of the future for that young Detroit team, or do they draft a QB in the first round with that Rams pick?
0: Oh, man, this is a tough one, Stephen. Um, I have been leaning all year. For then to go out and get a Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, whoever is left after the Texans pick. But with the way that they've been playing here lately and Jared Goff actually being a formidable quarterback, man, why would you use that pick and actually go get you a more foundational piece? Not saying like, I know quarterback is literally the most foundational piece you could possibly draft. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when you've got, you got the likes of like Caleb Williams and Drake may and a couple more in the next couple of years that you could very easily go out and get, uh, Man, I don't know. I think they, I think they're a piece or two away from actually having a winning record. You know, yeah. of actually going out there and competing for the division and things like that. And yeah. so I'm, I'm leaning that way here lately. You know.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I had some people. I, had, I had a couple of dynasty people uh, before the season even started. There was a lot of question on what is Jared Goff this year? Is he mm-hmm. a cheap option? Is he a bridge quarterback? What's he going to be? You know, I mean, what can you get for him? What can you get for him? What can you trade for him if you need him? Um, things like that. I'll be honest with you. I'm on the side of this that thinks that Jared Goff could be that quarterback for that team. Um, at least for the short future, you know, we'll yeah. kind of see maybe a you know three to five year thing here, maybe three year. We'll see. I don't know, but uh, just to throw some numbers at you, uh, 65% completions already 3,352 yards this year in only 13 games. 22 touchdowns uh, to seven interceptions, um, a QB rating of 97, his highest QB rating since his 2018 season with the Rams. Um, Um, so, uh, look, man, he's, he's, he's been, he's been really good for them. And obviously they've had Jamal Williams, who's been good. They've still got DeAndre Swift back there. Who's good offensively, not to mention your boy, Jamison Williams, first catch since his ACL tear first NFL action was a touchdown, baby. Um, so look, I mean, he's got the weapons, they've got the weapons and they've actually been sneaky this year. Uh, six and seven record on the year. So, man, and just beat a 10-2 and two Viking team and really did it handily to me. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know. So, look, I, I I could completely see the Lions, you know, kind of giving golf that option to be maybe a bridge and just see what he can do, you know, um, not go all in on a quarterback this, you know, coming up year here. Um, yeah, and,
0: Stephen, I want, I want to take this moment, man. I don't know if you remember this, but I think it's time for me to issue a public apology here. Um I don't know if you remember, but back in the offseason last year, I went on a rant about a certain wide receiver for this Detroit Lions team. Uh, Mr. Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. And I, I basically it. said that he was just the guy, that yeah. he yeah. was not a stud wide receiver, blah, 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 blah. You said it. Man, man, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have been proven wrong this year. Uh as somebody who drafted Almond Ross St. Brown in a redraft league in like the fifth and sixth round of a 14 team, uh, Man, dude has been playing lots out this year. You know, yeah. he suffered a couple of injuries and stuff like that. But man, I watched him on Hard Knocks this year as well during the preseason. You can't you can't help but like the guy, man. And so I know, yeah. like previously, I really thought that Jamison Williams was going to come in and just be the alpha there and things like that. And to be honest mm-hmm. with you, he very well might be. But with how raw has playing, I think that he is he's up there in my dynasty rankings now. And I just want to say for everybody who believed in him and bought into the hype before the hype was even real, man, you're a real one. And so, you know.
1: Let me throw these numbers at you real quick, BJ. 2022 season stats, 82 receptions, 5th in the league, 898 yards, 10th in the league, 6 touchdowns, 11th in the league. Mm. So that's wide receiver one written all over it, baby, all over it
0: dude and um, like I, I remember i picked him up on waivers in a redraft league last year and he he literally i wrote him to a championship man and so man shout, shout out for the lines of seeing that diamond in the rough and just seeing the potential that was out there for sure
1: right um it's hard for me because B- bj i was on the same i was in that same boat with you man i was kind of like I didn't go out and say quite as much as you did. I mean, you just really you really went out there. You know, you really went out there and uh we got the receipts to pull it. Uh we might pull some some audio clips for next week. Uh No, you know, we'll
0: just we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: but yeah, man, but I don't own any I don't own any Amon Ra and and that's my that's my fault for for not doing probably what I needed to do and buy him a few places anyway. Um but yeah, man, I, I agree with you. He's 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 been he's been good uh for them for sure for Detroit. Um all right, so T-Law, our boy T-Law, we've talked about him a lot this year, um, finished as QB1 on the week with an awesome performance against the in-division Tennessee Titans. He put up 368 yards and three touchdowns, uh, two of those touchdowns going to the tight end one on the week, Evan Ingram. Uh, Evan Ingram's stat line was 10 receptions, 152 yards, and two touchdowns. Man, a career day for him. We've talked about Lawrence uh, and our views about him, as I said, in previous episodes. Um but, man, what about Evan Ingram? What about this performance from him? Um, was this, like, just a fluky performance from him? Or does does Lawrence and Ingram have some true tight in one upside on a weekly basis going forward?
0: Man, as somebody who played against Evan Ingram in a must-win game last week to secure a bye week and ended up losing because of it, uh, I'm not a fan, you know? And that's <laughs> just my personal bias coming in. Uh but, dude, my, my thing is is that if this offense keeps clicking and they figure out how to use this guy who has been pretty much dead in the water since his rookie season a couple of years ago, then, man, more power to him, you know? Yeah. And so I think I think personally, I think he in a tight end premium league is worth a stash. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I'm plugging him in. And I don't I don't own a, I own one Evan Ingram share where I have Travis Kelsey on the same team and David Njoku. And right. so dude will probably never see my lineup. But just the fact of this type of performance, I honestly don't think it's a fluke. I don't think that I don't think he has a high upside every single week. But man, when you look at his stats over the past couple of weeks, he's putting up like decent numbers, you know? Yeah, he and is. and on a on a team where your best targets is Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. I mean I think he's I think he's I think he's got tied in two potential for
1: sure. Uh man, I think that the guy is uh I'll just be honest with you, BJ. Like I know he's had problems with drops and and you know, he just hadn't really lived up to his full potential, especially from, you know, draft day to now. But man, that performance last week can kind of show you the
0: mm-hmm.
1: what he's got in that tank. And man, to have T Law throwing him the ball – and T Law is doing nothing but getting better and better and better. I think I think Ingram's worth more than a stash at this point. I think I think he's got to be yeah. on a lineup, he's got to be, uh, maybe even in your lineup, uh, depending on who your other options are. Because as we know, really, right now, tight end is Kelsey and then everybody else. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's Kelsey and then everybody else. And then even Kelsey over the past couple of weeks has kind of been not what he was early in the mm-hmm. year. Um, so, again, uh, just with the landscape of tight end, you know, Kittle's not what he was. Uh, Waller, not what he was. Uh, Zach Ertz is obviously hurt. Uh, so the top of the tight end class is just struggling right now. So I think if you want an Evan Ingram who is putting up some big numbers, I think he's probably a must start at this point, uh, especially in tight end premiums and obviously two tight end leagues. Um, All so, right, so let me ask
0: you, let me ask you this, Stephen. I know you sold Evan Ingram in a tight end premium league for two seconds. Looking back at it now, how, how are you feeling currently at that moment?
1: I think I still think two seconds is fair, right? I mean yeah, even I right even right now. Like and so back then obviously then when I sold it, I really thought it was fair. But even right now today, I think two seconds is still fair for Evan Ingram.
0: Yeah, I do too. And that's the thing, man. Like, I looking at him now, man. You got a you had a spectacular rookie year with Ingram in New York Giants, and then since then, like you said, he did he did struggle. You know, he struggled right. with drops. He he would have one good week about once a season. Uh, man, are we are we seeing a similar path of Kyle Pitts right here? You know, like I'm I don't want to throw him in the same category as Evan Ingram. But like, I remember when Evan Ingram was a rookie man, he was touted as like a top five dynasty yeah. tight end. Like people, yeah, people were high on him. Yeah. You know? And I think we well, tend here, to forget that.
1: I think here's and here's what here's what we're seeing about here's what we're seeing about the about the tight end position. It always for some reason, it usually takes longer for these tight ends to develop. All the time, yeah. right? Uh and if you'll remember three or four years ago, even four or five years ago now. The, the top tight ends of those classes and those top touted tight ends were Evan Ingram, they were David Njoku. Um, those were really the top t- some of the top two right there. And, man, look at what Njoku's doing this year. He's having an absolute breakout year, too, as a tight end. Um Absolutely. So, so maybe we just need to take a step back and understand that sometimes these tight ends do take longer to develop, Kyle Pitts included.
0: Um, mm.
1: So we'll see. We'll see
0: all right steven i know it's talking about kyle pitts and evan ingram let's get into this new segment uh so just in all transparency i think we're going to leave out the sneaky flex plays because we have realized that we are garbage at them and um to be honest with you we'd rather not give you bad fantasy football advice (laughs) and so we have quit that segment so speaking of (laughs) quitting uh let's go into this new thing so something that uh we ended up having a guest host come in last week uh just a um Kelby Johnson, the, the Dynasty Minion on Twitter, uh, came in and one of the questions he actually asked us pre-show was actually how to handle people leaving your leagues. Uh, you know, now is the time for orphan teams, if we're completely honest, even. Uh And so with it, you know, I, I know there's tons of reasons out there of why people leave leagues. And uh, it may be that they have too many. It may be just personal stuff going on. It may be that they want to start new startups or whatever it may be. Uh, so as a commissioner, let's just kind of talk about some of this stuff. Uh, so, Just with the topic of dealing with people who leave leagues this time of year, Stephen, what is acceptable and what's not? What's your take on that?
1: All right. I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers here, um, but I am going to give my opinion on this. Um, I've commish six of my own dynasty leagues, and I'm actually co-commish of two more, so seven dynasty leagues. And over, obviously, the past few years here, I've had multiple people quit you know, for various reasons. Obviously COVID came and a lot of people couldn't afford it and there was just a lot going on in people's lives and I understood that. That was that's perfectly fine. Um things like that. Um we we understand. Um I think when you talk about what's acceptable and what's not, I, I really think the only acceptable excuse for you to leave a dynasty league just on no notice, basically, is that you can't afford to do it anymore. You like literally gotta provide for your family. That is literally the only good excuse that I can take. Um, now, that's not for a league that you may have picked up as an orphan. That does not go for a league that you may have dispersal draft. I'm talking about a league that you were in on the startup and you have been there since day one. I do not think that you should leave that league unless you are financially incapable of sustaining that league. Um, and, and here's why, right? It's dynasty leagues, right? It is years-long process. If you screw it up, that's your fault. It's not anybody else's fault, but your fault. It's your fault if your team sucks. It's your fault if you traded your picks. You own up to it, and you stick it out. That is why, of of the five leagues that I commission on my own, if you trade a first, you're paying for that year. You're mm-hmm. paying for it. Because I'm not going to have somebody uh, sell the farm and leave the league and then leave it unpaid. It's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I ask for all of my leagues to pay up if they move their first. And I hadn't had any kickback on that, really. I think most people understand. Um, but man, just in my opinion, the only acceptable excuse for you to leave a league where you are a startup owner is that you can't sustain financially to keep that league. I've been doing dynasty now for six years. I have not left a league where I was in the startup draft ever.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think one thing to add to, I think, you know, we all have different views on this and stuff. And I, I, I can agree with you on some of that, Stephen. I think one thing I would like to add as well is you said in that, in your small answer, like your, your small rant there for an answer <laughs> uh, that, you know, the the reason should be you can't afford it. And I think you were talking about from a financial aspect. Uh, I want to add, too, that I had one person leave a league who he actually joined the startup, drafted his team. Uh, and then after he drafted his team, we actually had the rookie draft and rookie draft. He, he killed it, man. He went out and I think he actually drafted uh, Jamar Chase and uh, I want to say Kyle Pitts, if I'm not mistaken. And in doing so, he was set up like perfectly for the next solid five ten years but what he came to me and he approached me and he's like look man i'll be honest with you he said i have stuff going on in my personal life right now uh and he said i am actually not just dropping out of your league he said i am pretty much quitting dynasty for the time being and he said i just don't have the mental capacity to do it right now i got other stuff going on like mental health wise and stuff like that and so I think it's not just affording it from a financial aspect. I think it's also affording it from like a time management aspect of also just in the sense of like, Hey, look, you know, if you're transparent with your commissioner and it is hurting your family, not just from a financial standpoint, but even if it's hurting your family from the time that you poured into it or the time that that you're too focused on this to actually sit there and have family time and stuff, which I know like me and you, we make sure that we were there with our family. We're in, we're spending time with them. Right. But just from that side, like I I think that there has to be a room for a little bit of grace there. but I think what it all comes down to of what's acceptable and what's not is is just that that sense of transparency with your commissioner. You don't have to write an essay to them. you don't have to sit there and tell a sob story, nothing like that but man, your commissioner is somebody that you're supposed to have a good relationship with and if things are going on to where you're about to leave a league or whatever, than just that sense of communication enough to say, "Hey, dude, this is what's going on. I'm fixing, to, I'm fixing to head out." But yeah. one one note that I want to say too, Stephen, and this is something that I never, I never even thought about until I joined one of your dynasty leagues. Paying for that first makes a world of a difference. Uh, like I'll be honest with you, man. I, I, like I said earlier in the Yellowstone League, I traded away my I'm pretty much my 23 first and my 24 first. so I'm not going nowhere for the next two years. You know, like I'm, I'm yeah. here. And Uh and with (laughs) with it, man, I think as a commissioner, I have now started taking that approach in my own leagues to where we actually uh, – I'm I'm a commissioner of a, of a one-quarterback league that is in the second year right now. And with it, we actually just made an addendum to our bylaws to where because of you and your league, Stephen, we are now actually – if you trade away a first, you're paying up front right then there on the spot because I had never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I love that rule. I think that is fantastic. And I do agree, though. I think uh, there's acceptable ways to leave a league, and there's some that's not, you know?
1: Yeah. I'll say this, and and I completely, I'm completely on board with what you, the explanation, the other explanation you just gave about family time, mental health, just not being able to do it. Um, it, it, you know, if that's a true statement by that guy, you just have to take their word for it. Exactly. At At the same time, what kind of team are they leaving you? Um, yep. are they leaving you with Tom Brady and Zeke and no. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, Adam Thielen is their QB1, RB1, wide receiver one. uh, Or or are they actually leaving you a sustainable dynasty team? And then I obviously, you know, whether it be – what's the word I'm looking for here? Whether it be like, you know, uh, biased or not, when when a a person tells me that, I'm immediately going to look at their league and see what kind of team they're leaving, right? I mean, like – and obviously, you know, it it could be true and it could be a bad team. So all of those things could be true. Very well uh, but it, you know, uh, but, you know, it's just it, it's weird how the people that leave nine times out of ten and leave with a terrible team to replace, you know? Yeah. And um, which
0: I'm I'm currently in one dynasty league right now that I joined. Uh, I took over an orphan man. It took me a while to get to the point to where I'm at now. But like I'm in I'm invested in this league now. Yeah, and we yeah. actually have a manager right now who has ghosted us for the past six weeks, man. You know, and it's being like fell off the face of the earth. Like it's almost like this dude, like deleted sleeper app from his phone has not set a lineup or anything. Actually has the one oh one next year. (laughs) And I I sent a message to the commissioner yesterday and I'm like, hey, dude, look like I'm worried about this guy. He hasn't said nothing. His Facebook has been inactive. Like we don't even know if this dude's alive or not right now (laughs) because he is in a completely different part of the United States. And I was like, what is your game plan with this team? And he's like, I'm going to let it ride to the offseason because he's already secured the 101. And he's like, and hope that over the next couple weeks he says something or gets back involved or whatever. And he's like, but if not, he's like, I'm just going to have to sit there and and fill the position. And so that kind of, that leads us into our next question, Stephen. How do you fill that position? And also, when do you do it? So like, if you had somebody right now who knows they're not in playoffs, they're like, hey, I'm out, you know, I appreciate it, whatever, and yeah, how how do you go about filling it? Like, do you go to a buddy and you're like, "Hey, dude, you want this league?" Do you sit right. there? Do you post it on Twitter on my fantasy league? What's what? How yeah. do you usually do it?
1: Um, I've done it all of those ways. The, the in everything you just said, I've done. Um, and, and 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 you look, you got if you're a commissioner and you've got people leaving right now, obviously, kuda. I mean, really and truly, if you are leaving a league right now, it's the time to do it. You need Absolutely. to tell your commissioner right now. Like you're you, if you've told them. Now you've done your job as far as when you need to leave. Now I'm still not saying it was okay to leave. Like, um, but if you are leaving right now is the time to do it. Um, But as far as the commissioner standpoint of of when you fill it, I I think you wait till the off season. Like there's no no rush to fill it right now. You just let it be what it is. Obviously no transactions for that team, no trades for that team. Um, That team is just basically locked after that. Uh, owner has told you they're leaving. It, it's basically not theirs anymore at this point. Um, so it's just locked. And then when the when the fantasy playoffs are over, then you can start <clears throat> doing what you need to do. Uh, you obviously need to do it before you have your rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to do it in a fair amount of time before you have the rookie drafts, just to give that owner some time to see his team, dissect his team, and then make some moves to either get more rookie picks or – you know, maybe sell rookie picks that he has. Who knows what he wants to do with that team. Now, how I feel it is going to be, obviously I've asked people like you, I've asked others that I trust will do a good job that I know personally. Um, And then if there's really no interest there, or if I just want to maybe have a fresh person in a league, um, then I do go to Twitter and I will say, I will screenshot the lineup. I will screenshot the pick, uh, their picks that they have. Um, I will give the information that needs to be given and I will put it out there and have people respond to me. And I actually vet the people like, uh, you know, I need to know how many dynasty leagues you've been in. I need to know if you understand what dynasty leagues are, I need to know, you know, your financial capabilities. I need to know that, you know, how this works. Um, because I've actually turned a few people away because they just didn't understand what it was, you know? Um, so I think it's super important that you do vet, those people um and that um you know you do your due diligence there um i vetted a person who was double masked in their profile pic i just couldn't do it i, knew I couldn't <laughs> deal with that person I oh, knew <laughs> in my heart of hearts that i couldn't deal with that person on a personal level so he yeah. was out
0: hey, but, but anyway
1: that's not that's not here nor there <laughs> but uh, hey, that's,
0: a, that's a commissioner note right there you know hey. check
1: out their profile pics yeah. Uh but anyway, yeah. I mean you you were double masked in your profile pick. You got immediately X'd. So hey. um anyway. Uh but yeah, man, uh I, I think uh there's there is multiple ways that you can fill it. Um and, and, and you know, again, you know, how do you pro how do you appropriately leave a league? I, I do think um, you know, like I said, right now is the is the time to leave leagues yeah. if you're gonna do it.
0: And that's, that's my thing, man. I agree with the timing 100% on that. Uh, also agree with the fact that you said you wait until the fancy playoffs are over because even <laughs> most of the time we as commissioners have a have a team inside the league as well, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so we got other stuff going on too. And to be honest uh, with
1: you, I'm usually in the playoffs. So I'm not worried about filling see? the
0: league. Yep. Uh, and another thing as well, like you said, uh, man, I've, I've taken over – I think I've taken over three orphans right now, possibly four altogether, uh, just within the past three years. And two of those was MFL. Uh, one of them was your league. You texted me. I was like, hey, man, take one of these orphans. And I was like, show me the best lineup you got. And you showed me. <laughs> you showed me. And I was like, all right, bet. Uh, and then uh, same thing with Kelby. Kelby had a dispersal draft. And yep. what I did is I actually saw that on Twitter and was like, yeah, man, sure. You know, I'm in. Uh, and so I got my feet wet with Debbie there. And then the, the league that I talk about all the time on here that I rebuilt now it's a a competitor with it, I actually saw that it was an orphan that was posted on dynasty nerds, Facebook page. And I reached out and did that. And so like with me, what I realized is, is that through social media, through friendships and things like that, that you can build through dynasty, man, it's awesome. You know, like half the people I would have never met, I would have never been able to be in a dynasty with them and stuff like that. So like, for instance, guys that I think of, like my, the league that I rebuilt and stuff, I got people from Indiana in that league, people that are all the way overseas, like in uh, Mm -hmm. Germany and a couple more places. And Mm -hmm. dude, it's awesome. And I know like even with the Yellowstone League, we had an orphan this past year. Uh, You reached out to Twitter and I think we had Dustin Church come on. And so with it, man, you know, I I agree 100% with you there, man. I think there's multiple ways to do it. And then the biggest thing is you want to have active members who can bring something to your dynasty league Mm -hmm. and whether it be in the form of like just conversation or moves made or whatever. Um, But talking about leaving leagues and Steven are the last, last question I have for you is how do you appropriately leave a league? If you are debating on this, if it's an orphan to where you just ain't got time to put into it no more, uh, how do you go about, sending that message like what is it just hey man i'm out or is it like like i said earlier this big long essay of like here's my three points on why i'm leaving how how do you go about it
1: yeah i don't you know uh, kind of like what you said it doesn't have to be an essay i think a commissioner deserves an answer though of a reason you know um yeah. because i'll be honest with you you know you, you're commissioner it's not it's not easy like there's a lot yeah. that you there's a lot that you have to do. There's a lot of things you really have to oversee. And, you know, I mean, not that it's the hardest thing in the world, but it's just time consuming. That's the main thing. Um, just making sure everything's uh, where it needs to be, making sure uh, things are going smoothly, trying to keep uh, some owners happy, you know, in whatever ways that needs to be, whether you've got uh, whatever you got going on. Um, but if you're talking about an orphan that you may have took over, I think like me as a commissioner, I'm I'm grateful for anybody who takes an orphan. Uh, whether they keep it for one year or three years um, yeah. because you have filled that spot, um, you know, and, you know, look, that, that, that owner got that league one year, one more year. Right. I mean, they pushed yeah. that league, you know, one more year. Um, So I'm grateful for any body that takes over an orphan for however short amount of time, I'm not going to complain any about somebody wanting to leave an orphan uh, as long as they, they leave it in better shape than they found it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So on that aspect, I just think you know if you're leaving an orphan or or something like that, I just think hey, it's like because I because I I have not left an orphan, nor have I left a startup. But there are there are, there there are, there is one or two that I'm thinking about leaving um, that I have orphaned. No startups. I'm not leaving any startups that I've had. I yeah. think those are my babies. I, I have to deal with the exactly. repercussions of my own doings. Um, so I'm staying. Um, but but orphans, there's a couple that I that I'm thinking about leaving and and my, my answer to that guy is gonna be like look man I enjoyed this year I tried to make this team better um I'm gonna to have to bow out and let somebody else try to take it over um you know and I think any commissioner is gonna understand that especially exactly. when it's an orphan and that's another reason why you don't need to leave your leagues that you start up. You just don't because look at the re- look at the long-term effects that it has you you're always going to have to be it's always going to be an orphan owner from the day from that day forward you know what i mean yep. from that day forward as long as that league league is ongoing it's going to be an orphan owner um so man it's just a lot of repercussions when you decide to leave a league that you start up uh i just i'm just not a huge fan i'm just not a huge fan at all
0: man i mean like it. it goes back to what we said earlier about transparency uh man if you Whatever reason it is, I do I do agree with you. I think the commissioner needs an answer on that. Uh, but also, just like we said, I don't think there's any any reason to beat around the bush with it. I think just, you know, hey, this is what's going on. I don't have time to put into it. Or, you wow. know, I think I tried to do the best I could, but the league's not really active enough for me to rebuild this team, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I just want to let you know and give you a heads up beforehand. And I think I think that's all you got to really say. <clears throat> I will say this, though, man. As somebody who has taken over a couple of orphans and stuff, yeah, man, it, it does take a lot of time, a lot of energy into it. Uh, I will say this, though, man. If you were a part of Steven's D.C. dynasty team and you orphaned out a team last year that was I don't think it was Batman or something. I don't even remember. But now I'm the manager of that team and that team is in playoffs and I did not make a single move. From that time till now, except for a couple of waiver pickups, so your team right now could have been in playoffs, you jerk. But instead, you orphaned it out. I had to think <laughs> it over. Okay,
1: I, I remember who the owner is. I'm not going to call him out. Uh, I actually like the guy. I don't know really what he just kind of he just orphaned it. He just got he just got out. He said he didn't have time, and he just got out. Um, so uh, yeah, man, it was uh, it, it was it was actually a decent team. It wasn't bad. And even you, BJ, middle of the year, you you even told me you were thinking about getting out, which I understand when you're an orphan, I just told you you wasn't, like I'm not letting you. but Yeah,
0: you know, and now I'm in playoffs, so it's all right. Like
1: it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm, fixing, uh, I'm fixing
0: to upset Kelby in his two-year pick window here that he's got in.
1: I don't and know, man. So. I, nobody, nobody, which was shocking to me, Kelby made a massive move to really put himself to, at the top of that league, in my opinion, Um, and nobody – actually countered any of that. There was really no trades after after that huge hey, move by him. We're going to see a David
0: and Goliath story this week. Don't worry about it. He won't be in playoffs next week. It'll be fine. <laughs> we'll
1: see. <laughs> it's, we'll see.
0: Uh, uh, all right, Steven. So let's transition into this underdog segment, man. It's one that's actually becoming some of my favorites. And so uh, let's take a look at it
1: all right man uh underdog this week uh man my final my total record since we started underdogs underdog section it's getting worse guys it's 11 and 8 now still on the winning side of things but 11 and 8 uh the, to recap last week uh my picks cam akers i had him over 45 and a half rushing yards he missed it with 42 uh right man right there right there that's why these it are these a fumble, are so, dude these are so hard man these are so hard uh but you know missed it by three yards um, I had Mike White over the 253 and a half passing yards. He hit it with 268, uh, broke ribs and all. I mean, that dude was getting crunched back there, and he still hit his line. Uh, he's a warrior back there, man. Amari Cooper, I had him over 67 and a half receiving yards. I should have known Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, sucks right now. He missed it with only 42 receiving yards. Uh, BJ, yours, DK Metcalf, over 69 and a half receiving yards, hit with 71, man, right? Barely. I mean, again, Right there, baby. Right there. Uh Isaiah Pacheco over 63.5 rushing yards hit with 70. And then Joey Burrow, uh, who we thought would have a nice revenge game against Cleveland. You had him over 279 and a half passing yards. He missed it with 239, but they did get the win. Um, so moving on to this week, uh, we'll go back and forth here like we always do. I'll go first here. My first uh my first underdog uh pick of the week is Justin Jefferson over 94 and a half receiving yards. And Look, I'm just tired of diddly daddling and trying to just be cute with these things, and you know, uh, try to be savvy and 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 whatnot, and pick guys that you know I think you know might you know do good, but it just looks like a real smart pick. Look, I'm just going with an alpha baby. Let's go with the alpha. Uh, two of the past three weeks, nine receptions, 139 yards. Eleven receptions, 223 yards. Just give me Justin Jefferson and give me over 94 and a half receiving yards. That's what I want.
0: Yep. wide receiver one man go with the man
1: <laughs> and so
0: uh, man dude as somebody who has Jefferson in a redraft league right now dude he has been killing it he has been carrying my redraft team and so I know for a fact dude he can hit that 94 and a half receiving yards easy mm-hmm. and so I think it's I think it's something that you jump on man uh so yeah. speaking of another easy player prop Steven uh this is one that I feel gross about man and it's just because I got this guy in a couple of dynasty leagues and it's terrible right now uh Mike Gusecki, man, his line this week is two receptions. Now, if you would have told me last year that this line was two receptions, I'd smash the over every single time. But, dude, Steven, I looked it up while I go, Man, you know the last time this guy has a catch was week 10. Week 10. We are in week 15. And the last, guy, the last time this guy caught a ball was week 10. I'm looking uh, at it right
1: now. I'm looking at this it right is, now.
0: This is the guy that they ended up franchise tagging this year. Man, why in the world did you franchise tag a player that is averaging 35% snap share right now? Mm. And then with his player prop being two receptions, I'm smashing the under. They are playing Buffalo this week. And, I mean, we know that the Dolphins are probably going to air it out. Do you know? But wow. even with it, they're not looking Mike Gusecki's way. Yeah. I know the other tight ends on the team, man, uh, who is it? Uh, Durham Smythe, I think is the guy's name. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. passing him the ball more than they are Mike Gusecki. And so with it, man, you can't trust the guy right now. Uh, if you have him in dynasty leagues or redraft or whatever, you're not starting him. And so with this player prop, I think it's one that like, I, I, I hate going under but this is one where I think the under is actually a lot more uh, likely of a scenario than the over for sure.
1: Mike on the year has had over two receptions, four times, four times, it's three, three, six and four on four different occasions. Um, in the past three weeks, four targets, total zero receptions in the past three weeks. um, offensive snaps those three weeks 39 percent last week 20 percent the week before that fifty percent the week before that um so man yeah it's just it's really really nasty really really ugly um <clears throat> and i'm like you i don't like doing i don't like taking the unders um but but man that one feels pretty safe because even if even if he gets two it's still a push because it's not one and a half or Two and a half, right? It's two. So if he gets two, it's still a push. You don't lose money. So technically to lose money on this player prop, he has to catch three passes, which he has not done again uh, since, let's see, he has not caught three passes since week eight. So, you know, I mean, do with that information what you will. I love the player prop here. Um, It is not one of these um, go with your studs props. This is a actually savvy prop that I really like. Um, yeah, so I think what it in. is,
0: man. They they got tired of seeing him do the gritty in the end zone, and so they're like, let's just not throw the ball no more.
1: Yeah, <laughs> let's just not do that. You know. Um, all right, going going on, moving on to my next one here. I don't love it, but I like it. Um, I'm going J.K. Dobbins over 53 and a half rushing yards. If you watched the game this past week, uh, if you've seen any highlights on J.K. Dobbins, he actually broke a big run this past week. Um, he finished the game this past week with. Uh, Let's see here. Looking at it now, fifteen attempts, one hundred and twenty yards, averaging eight yards per carry. Did have a touchdown? Had a long run of forty-four yards. There was some worry on that long run. It looked like he uh, might have pulled something on that long run. Did you see it?
0: Yeah, man, he was running with a hitch almost.
1: He was running with a hitch. It, it, he had to be cramping, right? He had to be cramping on that on that run. Uh, it just looked kind of funny, um, but obviously he was okay. He came back. He came right back in uh, again. Had the fifteen carries for one hundred and twenty yards. Um, and, and man, I, I like this prop this week. I mean, there's no Lamar Jackson. You know they're going to probably try to run the ball. They're trying to uh, win the game. So uh, you know, I really like this prop of 53 and a half rushing yards. I think J.K. is the guy. Like, I don't think I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it's a timeshare. Like, obviously Gus Edwards is going to get his work. Uh, Kenyon Drake maybe get a, a snap or two or a pass. You know, catch here or there. But I think Dobbins is the guy that they're going to be leaning on here. And and I I really like the 53 and a half over here.
0: Yeah, man, especially if they got Huntley or even the other quarterback starting, the third yeah. string guy.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, dude, you know they're going to run the ball. And mm-hmm. so, man, if Dobbins comes back and he is feeling himself again, I don't, I don't mind this line a bit, Stephen, I'll be honest right. with you. Yeah. Uh, and so I know I just I just pretty much crapped on taking the unders all the time. Uh, I'm going with another under, and it is Josh Allen under .5 interceptions. Uh, man, he's playing against Miami this week but the biggest thing that I'm looking at right now, when I look at Josh Allen's numbers is that over the past three weeks, he's only thrown one interception and that was actually against Detroit. When I chose the 0.5 under interceptions as well Mm -hmm. in that game. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, it was actually because of a uh, blocked pass Mm -hmm. collected. And uh, so with it, man, he's been careful with the ball here lately. But as well, Steven, I don't know if you look if you're looking at Josh Allen's numbers and stuff, mm-hmm. man, but his his passing attempts have actually been down mm-hmm. uh, to where he's not passing 40, 50 times a game anymore. He's actually right. kind of in that upper 20s, lower 30s now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, man, what it comes down to is, is that they're they're playing lots out. And yeah. so, uh, man, I expect him to go out there to throw a couple of touchdown passes. Uh, And honestly, he's been careful with the ball. And against the Miami defense. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And so I'm I'm hitting the player prop here.
1: Yeah. If you go back to week eleven when they played Cleveland, uh there was a no interception game there. Then the prop that you took um against Detroit, one interception there, then uh week thirteen, no interceptions against uh uh New England and then no interceptions against uh the Jets this past week. So one interception over the past four weeks. Um, I get it, and you just happen to you happen to take the under on the one he through, which is just really yeah. bad luck. Um, but, yeah, you're right. The attempts over the past four weeks, 27 attempts week 11. He did jump to 42 week 12, but then back down to 33, and then this past week, 27 attempts. So, you know, he hasn't been throwing the ball as much. He's been uh, a little more careful with the ball, and I don't know if that's got – a lot to do with his shoulder, but I'm sure it's some. You know, they're trying to take yeah. some off of him. They don't want him just completely out there slinging it every single time. I like this prop, BJ. This this prop is one of those things that uh, it's just so you know volatile, right? Because any tip ball can turn into an interception, and mm-hmm. It might not even be his fault. But then that's that, and then it's over. You know, so um, it, anything can happen. Uh, but I do like this prop um, here on the under Josh Allen's interceptions. All right, my last one here. Again, not fooling around any this week. Uh man, I'm going with the studs this week. Tyreek Hill over 76 and a half receiving yards. Um and look, we we talked about Tua earlier and his struggles the past week, two weeks here. Um but man, we're talking about we're talking about Tyreek Hill, right? I mean, we're talking about the guy. We're talking about the man. We're talking about the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. Um and I really do look for uh Tua to kind of you know, have a get right game, get back on the, get back on the same page here. I think, and I think, I think the coach will do everything he can to get, he can, he can, that he can to get to a, uh, back where he needs to be. Um, if you look over the past three weeks, he has actually hit that number every week, 85 receiving yards, week 12, 146, week 13. And then this past week, 81 receiving yards, I like the prop of 76 and a half receiving yards. There's there's not been many times this year he's been under that. Uh, If you look at it, let's see, one, two, three, four times this entire year he's been under 76 receiving yards. One of those times he actually got all the way up to 72, so he was really close that week. Four times out of 14 weeks he's been under. Give me the number. Give me the over on the 10 weeks that he went over. Um, So give me the over 76 and a half.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I love it, dude. I think Tyreek can actually break off a 70 yard pass in, a, in an instant. Uh, we saw that this past week. And so I think we, even with the shin injury and whatever else he has going on, I think this is a line he can very, very easily hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my last one that I'm going with is Trevor Lawrence, over 254 and a half passing yards. Uh, I know this is bold, man, but T Law has been playing lots out. They play against Dallas, who actually has lost a couple of starting cornerbacks for the year. Uh actually had another injury in the secondary this past week, but the player was actually able to come back. Uh they <laughs> Dallas defense, man, they just got torched by the Houston Texans, you know? And mm-hmm. so with it, man, I'm um, I'm expecting T Law to go out and just ball out, man. Uh over yep. his last couple of weeks. Uh, last week, he threw for 368 yards, like we mentioned earlier. The week prior, they played Detroit, where he only threw for 179. The week before that, he played Baltimore, where he threw for 321. And so what you're beginning to see is they are handing this offense over to Trevor Lawrence. It has been killing some Travis Etienne numbers, but at the end of the day, man, I think it's best for that Jaguars offense to just put the ball inside of the one of the best young quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh let him just play lots out, man. He's been actually, I think, um attempts wise and passes like upper thirties. Yeah. Upper forties. And so uh man with it, I'm I'm all in on this line, Steven. I think that yeah, he goes out there and hits that two fifty five easy.
1: I like it. Uh going all the if you want to go one week further back than the Ravens week, uh against the Chiefs week, uh uh, he had 259 passing yards. So, again, over that number that they're asking for from him this week. So, three out of the past four weeks, he's actually went over that yardage that they're asking for this week. They're playing, again, Dallas, um, who is a a very good offense. No matter what struggles they may have defensively a little bit, the, their, their offense is really, really good right now. Uh, so, you expect a little bit of a high-flying game. You expect Trevor Lawrence to try to keep up with Dak and company. And, uh, you know, I, I do. I expect him to hit that over. Um just a little sneaky one for you here. If you look at T-Law's numbers, no interceptions the past five weeks. Zero. Mm. Zero interceptions five weeks in a row. So if you have that player prop, if you really like that, if you like taking that interception prop, you know, it might be one you want to look at. Uh, you got a hot quarterback who's not throwing interceptions. Zero interceptions the last five, last five weeks.
0: Absolutely, man. Uh, and so during this time, we want to take time and just thank our listeners, man. We appreciate every time that you guys are actually able to listen to our podcast and give us feedback on it. Uh, And so with that being said, man, follow us over on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Afrodynamics116. Stevens is at SDEaton24. You can follow our pod over on Twitter at LOL pod, as well as over on Facebook by just typing in the title of our podcast. Uh, We also want to take this time and just thank another podcast as well that has shown us support each and every week, and that is Jab Step, a fantasy basketball podcast. Our friend Ben over there is actually just, uh, man, having a good time talking about fantasy basketball and all things NBA. And so uh, we're in a couple of dynasty leagues with Ben. We appreciate everything that he does of being an active member in these dynasty leagues. And so if you like basketball, if you just like hearing some guys talk about, uh, I know they just did a a couple of episodes on throwback jerseys. And so if you you like anything basketball, man, go check them out. I'm actually supposed to be recording with him tomorrow night on his podcast. Uh, And so y'all listen up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, But Steven, I always turn this over to you, man. Let's hear some final fantasy advice.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, be happy to do it. Uh, look, I know this has been – it's kind of been a little harsh show, right? I mean, we've kind of probably not made some people happy here, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you play this game, you need to play it the right way. And I think that uh, we – I think that I do – I really think that you and I both kind of know what we're doing to this point, um, and we try to run our leagues to the best of our ability. Uh, and we want good owners. Um, and so I think uh, to be a good owner – You need to know your league settings, right? Um, And by knowing your league settings, you need to know what your taxi taxi squad settings are. You need to know what your roster settings are. You need to know what your trade settings are. You need to know what your tiebreaker settings are um, and all of the above things like that. Uh, This past week, I had a guy message me and ask me, hey, what do you do if your bylaws say one thing and the settings in the league say another thing? Well, that's obviously an error on a commissioner's part um, to where the setting didn't match the bylaws. Well, the bylaws are the end-all, be-all, not the settings of the league. Um, So that's why it's so important as a commissioner to do your job as a commissioner, create bylaws for your league, and then have all of your owners know their league settings. Uh, The question, you know, was actually uh, which one overrides which. Uh, The bylaws said total points for broke the tie, um, and then actually the league settings had it as head-to-head points. Well, I just told the guy, man, you got to go by the bylaws. That's what they're there for in case things like this pop up. And uh, that's what they did um, on that scenario. But, man, you just need to know your league settings. You need to know uh, your playoff formats. You need to know how you're getting the uh, 101, you know, each year. Is it a consolation bracket? Is it uh, potential points? Uh, what What is it, right? Is it no. worst record? There's There's so many different things that it could be. Um, Me personally, I've found that the best way to do this is to have potential points. I don't like a consolation bracket. I think it's old school and not very effective to keep a dynasty league together because if you're the bottom of the barrel, you're never going to be good enough to get the first-round pick ever. So it's just hard. I mean, if you have a consolation bracket every year and the winner of the consolation gets the 101, then the worst team in the league is not getting any better. So I don't understand the point of that. But that's not here nor there. You know, some people have their own uh, thoughts on that. Uh, that's just my thoughts. You know, you're making the worst team worse in essence. Um, and that's, you know, that's a good way to lose owners um, each year. Um, but, yeah, man, that's my final fantasy advice. Know your league settings. Have your bylaws in your league. Every dynasty league league needs bylaws. Um, and it shouldn't be optional in my opinion.
0: Absolutely, man. I know like bylaws have saved me as a commissioner, man, to where whenever someone's like, hey dude, uh, how do you feel about this? Like, what is the league's views on this or that or this and that and the other? And what I always do is I just go straight to the Google Doc, I find my bylaws, I go in, I screenshot it, I send it into the league chat. And so with it, I need like I know for a fact, like when my league that I commission has a question, we always refer to the bylaws, and it keeps me from being subjective as a as a league commissioner. You know, and so, uh, man, yeah, absolutely take time, know your settings, know your bylaws, read over them, make sure that you know what's up. Uh, man, also take time to set your lineups this week. We know with the first week of playoffs, guys, times get busy and stuff like that. Uh, go back and listen to last week's episode when we talked about setting your fancy lineups with Kelby. Uh, but man, we hope y'all's matchups go fantastic this week. We hope that y'all pull out the victory and that your fantasy football playoff hopes continue and that you can win a league championship this week. Y'all have a good one.